Hello everyone, this is Kyle Galaz with Poor to Pro Car Sales Training Podcast. Become a sales titan. We are here in season four. Oh, how excited I am about season four because these are the one-on-one training sessions that I got to do with salespeople that hired me from across the world and they gave me three or four topics that they needed to elevate in, the, in their career, their skill levels, and I got to put a game plan together for them. We did a one-hour Zoom training session and got to go over very important topics that they felt like they needed to work on, they needed to elevate. Now where I get the most enjoyment from is the feedback I get from these people, these salespeople from around the world that hired me. I get to hear now the results of of these game plans getting put to use. And when I hear stuff like, hey, I used to be an eight car guy and now I'm a 15 car guy, wow, smiles across my face. It's just an amazing thing to hear that the Porter Pro Podcast, my abilities to help you guys is working. So if you guys want to be a part of Season 4, I got three slots left. Episodes 8, 9, and 10. So if you guys want to be a part, message me. Instagram, Facebook, however you got to get a hold of me. It's a very small investment on your part with a gigantic return of investment. Your, your career, your salary, everything gets elevated. Yes, you're on your way to getting promoted. Yes, you're on your way to becoming a sales titan. But you got to get a hold of me and you got to invest in yourself through me, through the podcast. I promise you it works. You're going to get to watch. If you're on Spotify, you're going to get to watch the video session that I do with the training sessions with these guys over Zoom. The first guy that hired me for the one-on-one session since I announced I was going to do it was Ermin Tupkovic out of Sydney, Australia. He works at a BMW a BMW store, and uh, this is it. Take a look. Take a listen. Can't wait to hear your guys' feedback. Thank you. If you want, why don't you uh, tell me your first and last name again for the recording, and then what dealership you work at, how long you've been there. Maybe just give us, give us a little background of, of you. Mm. All right. My name is Ermin Tupkovic. Um, I'm 22 and I am working at MacArthur BMW, so I'm at a BMW dealership. Um, I am, I was going to say I'm the trainee, but I just finished up. Um, I've just done my six months sort of a probation, um, where you're sort of learning from people over their shoulders and whatnot. However, now I'm now full-blown selling cars, which I've sort of been doing the whole time. Um, but now it's sort of like, okay, here you go. No more ties and just start selling and here's your targets and whatnot. So a little bit more, more pressure behind it, but that's, that's sort of my background. It's my first time in the car industry. Um, I worked retail, so selling clothes and things before this. Um, but I feel like now that I'm here, I do have some ties to sort of BMW background and my past experiences going overseas and whatnot. Um, so I value the brand a little bit more than just sort of working here and selling cars day to day, which is why I'm trying to get, you know, the training and a bit more sort of outside of your normal work hours to become better and yeah, become better pretty much. And because I hear a lot of your training and a lot of other podcasts and people pulling absurd numbers that we don't really do that over here. Um, But I feel like it's very much possible. I feel like I'm just missing something. Yeah, that's uh it's one thing that separates the men from the boys is, is the, the guys that want to be on the top of the game, keep learning after the dealership hours. I've said mm-hmm. that in my other podcast episodes, but the fact that you're doing training outside the normal box tells me that you want to get to that next level. And that's the only way I got there is by doing stuff after I worked 12 hour shift today at the dealership. I came home, mm-hmm. got showered, and now I'm doing some more training with you. So it only it sharpens my skills too when I talk and train other people because iron sharpens iron, right? You're a new mm-hmm. up and you're a new up and comer that wants to get better. But guess what? That helps me too because I get to relive when I was 22 in the car business, which was 17 years ago, and I was young and ready to take on the world, right? I just needed some guidance, and I didn't get that guidance from my dealership. And so yeah. like, like you, I wish there was a podcast back in 2003, 2004, but there wasn't yet. So I'm, I'm glad you found me. The and- podcast really helped, even if it's something simple. I remember, like, you know, I, I've spoken to the guys and they all say, you know, once you sort of are there for a little while, you become comfortable. And this is one thing that I was sort of talking about before is, you know, once you reach, okay, a certain point, and then you start to get a little bit cocky and start falling off you start skipping steps and that's where I'm sort of at now 
Um, yes, there's a few things going on, but I feel like that shouldn't be the case. When I was, you know, selling cars, you know, I sold 17 cars in my first few months in one month, and now I'm back to seven or eight. Um, and I feel like looking back on it, what did I do to sell cars? I'd be sitting there at the desk, AirPod in, listening to the same podcast over and over again, whether that's how to bounce back from a bad month or turning lookers into buyers, vice versa. Um, nice. And I just have that on repeat all day. And everyone would just leave me alone and I'd just be doing my thing. And now it's sort of not having that focus. And that's where I'm at currently. Yeah. So we'll, we'll hit, we'll hit on those things, but what happens when you're brand new, even in your interview, you want to prove yourself in an interview, right? When you're trying to get the job. So you're saying all the right things to sell yourself to that manager. Who's been a car salesman for a long time and you pass the test. So you are a good salesman. You sold yourself on the fact that I can do a good job. And then those first few months of selling cars, a sales guy that's new doesn't know any better. He just knows that I need to prove myself. So what happens over time is you, you stop wanting, not wanting to, but the, the fire to prove yourself starts dwindling because now, Hey, I did it. I sold 17. You know what I'm capable of the, the fire to be uh, the best and, and prove that they made the right hire goes away. And that's what happens after six months or after a year. It actually can carry on for a few years until you really look in the mirror and say, oh, excuse me. Oh, boy, I got to I got to really change something. So you sent me four different categories that you wanted to go over. And um, which one do you want to start with? The steps of the sale. You want to go get in ahead of yourself, um, skipping the steps, talking too much. Honestly, that was up to you whatever you think works um I, they're all sort of just pointers that look at least we can have something to talk about yeah because i feel like they all sort of intertwine together they do um because when i come into my manager's office and i ask him his very basics and you know here's the process it's a bit unclear and i feel like when i ask the question it's still unclear of what we're doing because everybody has their own way of doing things i spoke to the gm yesterday and he pretty much said look now you're sort of when you started you didn't know cars you didn't know anything about the car. You could only sell yourself. And that's when it sort of clicked to me. And that's when I messaged you. And I was like, you know what? How do, is that something that I need to go back to? Do I need to start selling myself less about the car or you find that medium, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely it. So let's do this. Let's start with the, the steps of the sale. I, when After we talked today, I started writing down notes and trying to figure out how to maximize your time with me because you spent some money with me. So I'm, I'm thankful of that. Thank you for doing that. But nah, now you're okay. Off. Now, now I want to spend you now, somewhere. Else. Yeah, now I want to fulfill that dollar amount with you and give give something that's even more valuable. So the steps of the sale, there's eleven of them. I'll t- I'll send you this picture. I don't know if you've seen it on my Instagram. No, the- I haven't seen it. I've seen a few steps of the sale. I've seen my colleagues have a few. I've seen another podcast. I've seen it all over the place. Some people even say there are no steps to the sale. That's an old school thing. There, there um, is because. And it's not that um, the dealership has the perfect formula. It's the steps of the sale is can change because it's what that particular customer needs to buy a car. And statistically, it's a certain certain amount of steps. So that's why they put it on paper. So there's a baseline, but certain customers need a few extra steps and certain customers maybe need a few less of the steps. But in general, they have to put something on paper to train a new guy. Okay, so that's why there is the steps of the sale, because we got to tell the new guy something. You can't just say, go out Mm -hmm. and sell a car. There has to be an order to it, right? It's not demo drive and then product presentation. It's not write up and then meet and greet. There's a certain order to this. So let's start with the meet and greet. How are you doing with meet and greets? That's the first thing. You you know, you're breaking the ice with somebody. Do you have a problem with with um, getting control right away? What, What? Tell me about your meet and greet. Well, coming from a retail background, right, that's sort of all you had going for yourself because, you know, I've spoken to a lot of people over the past years. I've, I understand I'm, I'm a bit of a people person, right, and that's what I have going for myself, whether that's my background or where I'm from. I'm quite loud. and I can look if somebody's feeling a certain way, you know, I crack a joke here and there and here we are. I heard one time it was a guy on YouTube and, you know, you, the idea is to make a best friend. And I think I'm quite good at that. You know, people are people. You say the right things and you'll sort of break that ice. Um, whether that's, you know, them coming to the inside the dealership and, hey, I'm looking for an X3. You know, at the beginning, you'd sit down and, you know, blah, yada, yada, where'd you come to this car? And now I just find myself 
All right, let's go walk outside and we'll have a look at this car. Yeah. So the meet and greet is where a salesman gains control of the of the deal. Okay. So mm. the, the meet, the builder rapport is after the meet and greet. So I work at Dave Smith in, in Coeur d'Alene, right? So Dave Smith CDA, you work at MacArthur BMW. Okay. So if I worked at your dealership and a customer was walking towards the showroom, I would say, how you guys doing? My name is Kyle Galaz. I've been at MacArthur, you know, whatever time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you got to get that hand out there and you say you say your name. Maybe not, ha- you know, you work at the dealership because you're obviously there. But hey, my name is Kyle Galaz. Welcome to my dealership. How can I help you guys? Are you guys here to see somebody? Are you guys here to see a particular vehicle? And you gain control right away. So this is the Reader's Digest version, the small version of it, but you got to get control right away. If you let them say, hey, I'm here to see this car, and you never stop them to say, hey, welcome to my dealership, right? Mm. you got to stop them in, in, in no matter what pace they're in. Yeah, I want to see this car. I found it online. Here's the stock number. Oh, okay, let me, let me, let me go inside and see if it's here. Stop, mm. pause, time out. Yeah, you, yeah. you have to get control and now you're not you're not doing doing this control thing in an alpha male type thing like mm. I'm, I'm the boss here you're not going inside till you shake my hand it's not like that you're giving them a warm and courteous uh meet and greet before you start building that rapport because you're setting up the fact that you're a professional car salesman at this at macarthur bmw mm. hey thank you guys for coming in my name is kyle glass i work at MacArthur. i keep saying that because i'm I yeah, do this yeah, on, yeah, yeah i do this online a lot but uh, on the podcast, but thank you guys for coming in. My name's Kyle Galaz. How can I help you? Are you guys here to see anyone in particular? Have you been dealing with anybody online or are you here to see a particular car? And you start asking questions right away. And when you ask questions, what are you gaining? Do you remember this? You gain control. Okay. All right. Yes. You gain control of that scenario because the moment a customer starts asking you questions, they're in control. Mm. Okay. Do you guys have this car here? What's the best yeah. price? What kind of payments can I get? I'm just like, how do we even get to this? And it's like, okay, now that I'm here, I, I find it quite difficult to say, you know, we'll slow down, you know, XX and X, right? Um, so, so I think meet and greet is a lot deeper than just, you know, how you are as a person. It's how you gain control of the whole situation. And I think that's where it's sort of being a professional and maybe, I don't know, well, I think the professional part of it is yeah is so that. what what work where salesmen go wrong a lot of the times is they wait too long to meet and greet somebody okay they'll mm. they'll they'll go meet and greet after the customer's been wandering or now the customer's made it into the showroom it's too late you gotta mm. you, you don't want to wait outside their door in their car you want to let them get out but then you need to go out there and, and greet them don't let, ever let them walk into the showroom you know, wander to the receptionist and ask for an available salesperson. Now you look like just a salesman that's sitting around waiting for someone to come buy a car instead of a professional out on the look at, you know, the Eagles point watching the lot at all time. Hey, welcome to our dealership. My name's Kyle. How can I help you? Oh yeah. You're looking for this. Well, thank you for coming. What brings you in? Are you guys already working with something? And then you kind of qualify them. The qualifying mm. is not only to, so you don't skate your, your fellow workers, you know, you don't steal a sale, but you're asking questions right off the bat and gaining control in the meet and greet. Okay. So okay. you got to get control right away without being the alpha male and, you know, dominating with a firm handshake and crushing their hand. Okay. And then after that, then you start building rapport. Okay. You got to get the strong meet and greet out and then build rapport while you're doing a needs assessment. I don't know if this is backwards on your screen. Can you see this? I can see it. Perfect. Yeah. Build report needs assessment at the same time. They have to be at the same time because if you just build rapport and make a friend for 45 minutes, you're wasting their time and yours. Okay. That's the thing. So you have to do build, build a friend and ask them questions to, to narrow down what vehicle they're looking for you know, a needs assessment. What exactly do you need your vehicle to, to do? Do you need all wheel drive or rear wheel? Do you need it mm-hmm. to have uh, three rows of seats or two? That's a needs assessment questions, but you do that while building rapport. Oh, three rows. Do you got a big family? Oh man, you got four kids. Awesome. What are their names? Okay. Those have to be in tandem. They have to be together. So needs assessment and building rapport have to be together because you're qualifying that customer. Now I can't recall which, um, 
which podcast I would have heard it on or somewhere I've heard it. Would you tell the guests that you're about to do a needs assessment? Well, is, you, is that? I mean, it, it, the cookie cutter salesman that, that has, that's new and has basic training may say something like that. But I wouldn't recommend that because now you sound like a robot. And, mm. and the, all the rapport building is going to go out the window because now you're just doing a script. Okay. People come back to buy from um, you over and over because you're relatable. You're genuine. Mm. Okay. You might get one sale out of a person like that. Oh, needs assessment. Are you looking for four wheel or two wheel? Uh, light color or dark color? You know, if the people have these checklists they go through, that's a robot. I don't want to deal with that. I want to deal with the guy that works at a restaurant that I go to all the time. You work there. Do you know, Bob? Yeah, man, that's awesome. That's the kind of verbiages you want to use and, but stay professional, of course, while you're building rapport. But I wouldn't say I have a needs assessment. I need to go through. You'll sound like a robot. Okay. Yeah. I mean, would you want to buy a car from a robot? No, well, I used to work with one, a colleague that I used to work with. One was a robot. One was completely different. And that's where it, I don't know. It doesn't have a flow, right? Well, um, that will get you to a certain level. That person that's a robot may sell a bunch of cars. I don't know. But if you want to go to the level where you're doing podcasts to people across the world, right, mm -hmm. you, you have to be fluid. You have to be convincing, right? You wouldn't send money across the planet to a guy you've never met unless you knew I was convincing and I could sell a bunch of cars, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Would you have hired me as a, pod, as a trainer if I sounded like a robot? No way, man. Anyway, I hear. Yeah, yeah. Look at you. You're a superstar. Beautiful smile. You look good. I looked at your Instagram. That no, kind you're of, a good man. You're, that I tried of, my best. <laughs> hey, well, that kind of guy, the guy I'm looking at right now is a guy that wants to go to the next level. He's not a robot. Okay. Mm. Look at the, the top dogs in the world. The Mark Cubans, right? The, the Shaquille O'Neal's, these guys that have hundreds of million dollars. They don't, they're not cookie cutter robots. They're characters. Hmm right? Like X-Men, the best, the best, look at Hulk, man, the mm. guy's a character. Everyone loves Hulk. So you need mm. to be a, a, you need to be Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So after the, after you figure out, Hey, I built rapport, I got a needs assessment. Now I know what they want. And now you pick out a vehicle. That's when you do your walk around a product presentation, the four okay. step. Now the walk around is crucial. I got some notes. This is how I lived and died by on the lot. Things that a customer could Google, I didn't talk about. Okay, so I'm going to explain what I mean. If I can Google that a BMW X, name me a good model that you that's a good seller. Three, go three, say three. Okay. Does a X3 have a cruise control? Standard. Right. Do, Standard sa do salesmen bring that up a lot? Do you hear that in a verbiage? No, I, I do not because I feel like it's sort of, Right. Common. When it has adaptive crews and, and, you know, the lane keeper, okay, yeah, then we can dwell into it, but currently. Okay. That... So a customer can Google um, cruise control. They can Google power seats. They can even Google adaptive crews, right? Mm. Customers know what that means now. Oh, it adjusts the speed automatically with the car in front of me. So anything a customer can Google is not really going to uh, wow them in a walk around. Okay. In a product presentation, the thing that wows customers in a walk around are the things you can't Google. How does it feel at 50 miles an hour when you make this 90 degree turn, when you shift the engine and the exhaust make pops, brah, brah, mm, right? Mm. Can you Google that? No, no. you can't. So when mm. you're on a, so when you're doing a product presentation, what are you thinking about the test drive as a salesman? You're thinking about how can I get these people in a test drive? Okay. And the way you do that is by explaining how the car feels, sounds, drives. Hey, when you shift from third to fourth on the freeway, dude, you're going to feel this crazy burst of power. Okay. You're right. What do you you're think? You're right. Because the, the customer's drooling out of their mouth to do what? To test drive. Yes. Because I sit there and I'm just talking about this car and like, okay, it works, but somehow I just feel like I'm blabbering on about. Stats. I don't know, just the car, like Buttons. as in terms of features and things you can touch and see, yeah. right? So you can Google that. You can get that from any common salesman. Uh, a, a, a cheesy walk around or a, a, a not that great presentation. I can go to any dealership in my town and get what you just explained. 
Yeah, it's got mm. premium leather. It has this great sound system. It has cruise control, adaptive. It's got heads up display. What the heck does that mean as far as building value with a customer to want to test drive it? Not really anything. Because mm. those are features that you can read on paper and, and, and experience it on paper. Heads up display. And I think, yeah, and I think that's where I'm going a bit wrong, right? Selling sort of this premium segment of cars. The question I get asked a lot is, you know, all these features, you can just find them next door at Ford or, or Kia or Hyundai. And I'm like, well, it's right. a completely different car. And they're like, well, what do you mean it's a completely different car? Like yeah. it is. Take this speed bump and listen to the car. Do you hear the plastics in both, right? Um, so I, I understand what you're telling me. Okay, yeah. so so check this out. I sell Maseratis, right? Mm. And I ask people to to spend 160. I just had a guy spend 266 thousand dollars with me. He didn't even want to talk to the salesman. He wants to talk to Kyle. Okay. Mm, mm. And and how do you get a guy to break loose of 266 thousand or 166 thousand when a Kia uh, a Kia Stinger has more options than the Maserati Quattroporte? It does. Yeah, I understand. I had listened to it all day. <laughs> right. So they can go to, to Kia and get a Telluride that has every feature known to man. And then they can come to you and spend more money on a vehicle that has less features. How do you sell that guy? You have to do it with the proper product presentation and explain not the features. You can't go feature to feature with these cars. Mm. You have to go experience to experience the, mm. the, the, in, the feeling of driving it the performance of driving it you wait till i take you on this turn that's a 15 mile an hour turn and we're going to hit it at 50 you can't do that in a kia you can't do that in any car but a bmw mm. you think they're going to go test that out at other dealerships can i take this car and go 50 on this 15 no because mm. they ran into a salesman that knows how to do a walk around and all the things you explain in the walk around they're drooling to drive it okay so after you've built great rapport and, and you've got their needs assessment, then you need to sell them on stuff on the car that can't be Googled. Hey. Isn't that bomb? Interesting. Yeah, that, I haven't thought of that one yet. It, yeah. I have 20 years of doing this. It works. You have to get, you know how your blood was pumping when I was explaining about the gears mm. and mm -hmm. the, and the pra, pra. Mm -hmm. that is the blood pumping in their, their body, but 20 times more because they don't, they're not in the car business. Mm. Okay. So, um, yeah, the, the product press, the walk around is crucial. You gotta be good at it. Uh, I did walk around competitions for a long time. I'm still undefeated, uh, except for one national one. I got like 10th place or ninth place national with four. That's a thing. It is. Because I think about it, right? Because I listened to your podcast this morning about your the perfect salesman, right? You're training and you're always doing something, right? And I'm like, okay, if I walk outside and start doing a product, you know, to myself, I'm not that type of person that cares what other people are watching, but how do I, I understand the more you do it, the better you get. It's sort yeah. of just breaking the ice and actually doing it. Walking to a guest and saying, hey, my name is Erman, in a full name. When that doesn't even come up till I got my little pen and pad and hey, your guy's name? John and yeah. Sharon, and that's all I sort of get. Yeah, you, so you have to take control of, of not just the steps of the sale, but you have to take control of the customer and your career. When you mm. when, when I used to go outside and do uh, pretend walk-arounds when I worked at the Ford store, guess who could see me from, from their desk? The sales manager, the boss, the GM. Whoever exactly, else. the owner. Yeah. Mm. So little tidbits you need to do while you're at the dealership now if you're chilling at the desk eating a giant breakfast burrito they can see that okay mm. so it, it's also for your career not just for you and your customers but it's for your career in the future um but practice makes perfect did you hear the podcast episode where i talked about a basketball doesn't practice when the game starts the game yeah so the game started it's the finals the tv cameras are on the crowd's in there, and that's when the guy starts practicing basketball? No. He starts thousands and thousands of hours before that. So that's what you have to do. Before work, after work, what you're doing right now, you need to practice. And then when that customer gets in front of you, guess what you are? You're a polished, professional killer. Okay? But you can't, mm. do, you can't do that unless you're practicing before and after work. Don't practice with the customer. It's too late. Okay? Isn't that good? That's a good one. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah I hear. You this can't. is this is where you know talking to the guys inside the dealership, you sort of get a little bit of things, but I feel everybody here is just sort of here to be here. Yeah. I you know as I talk to the owner, and I'm thinking, well, 
you own the whole building. You're, you're not really doing anything special from what I know. Like, you're, he's a really cool guy. I have a bit more plans than just sort of being here and at the desk. It's more uh, not owning the building, but being up there. One of those top guys yeah. that's sort of like, right, this is what I'm doing and I'm the best at it. When you need a car or anything, first person you think of, bang. Yep. Right. That, so you need to be the celebrity at your dealership. Okay. There's every dealership and every, every guy that I've talked with and, and chatted with since I started this podcast, the guys that have reached out to me are the celebrities at their dealership. They're the guys that have, uh, I can name a few Frank beard out of Boise. He has his own car fresheners that he hangs when he sells a car. It says uh, the Honda car guy or whatever it says, right? There's a guy mm. out of Seattle that, that does crazy stuff too. There's all these, now there's you out of Australia at your MacArthur BMW, be the celebrity, be the go-to guy for people out in the public. When they think of your dealership, dude, you got to go see this stud. He's an awesome car salesman. He's great looking. He's been there for many years. He's a pro. He's mm. not going to BS you at all. Just go there. He knows his product left and right. Oh man, I want to see that guy. What's, where's his number? What's his number? You got to be a celebrity at your store. Okay. You need to post okay. more on your Instagram. You only have a few posts on your Instagram. I've got, a, I've got a log backed up. It's just sort of doing it. And, and that's, yeah. Make Focus time. is a man. That's the big thing. But yeah, you got to become obsessed with social media too. Okay. So after the demo, or actually after the product presentation, you do that demo drive, right? Mm. You got to take that customer on more than just let's jump on the freeway, make a few turns and come back. Okay. Because the longer you can spend with the customer, the more skin in the game they have. Okay. Remember the, mm. where I talk about value. So here's the price of your BMW. How much is that? A hundred thousand over here. hundred okay. grand, hundred grand. Right. But, yeah. but, but you've only done this much value building in a test drive mm. and product presentation. That customer is not going to see the value. So they're either going to leave or they're going to say, well, I'll, I'll give you 80 for it. Mm. I can't, I can't do 80. I don't have $20,000 worth of profit. All right. Then we're going to, I'm running into currently. Yeah. That's, that's, so what you need to do is build so much value in that car in a demo drive, in a product presentation, in yourself, in the, in the dealership, and you start surpassing the value of that car so much that now they see value in buying today with you right now. They don't have to go think about it. They can't find what they got in their minds anywhere else. And if they do, they try to leave and they come back to be like, oh, that place sucked. They had the same car as you, but why did they choose you? Because you built because so much value. Yeah. It's too much value to pass up. So demo drives, just make sure you take them on a drive where they can really experience the car more than five minutes. You got to take them on a specific route where they can really test things out and you can, you can kind of be their, uh, your, your tour guide, the tour guide. Now you stay quiet. You just, and when I used to get in a test drive, I would say, Hey, this is where I'd be quiet. And I let you experience the car. But if you have a question on any of these buttons or anything, I'll ask me, but I'm just going to enjoy the ride because I want you to enjoy it. Like I wasn't here and you're and you owned it. Okay. So I catch myself talking a little bit too much. Yeah. You got to just, but that's where I would actually say what I'm doing. Hey, I'm going to be back here. Um, I'm just going to be quiet because this is where I want you to really experience the car. But if you think of something, ask me, I'm right here to answer any questions. And then what happens on this test drive, and this is a buying cue. They'll ask you a few questions about the car. Okay. And the moment they decide in their head, I want to buy this car, they start talking about personal things on the test drive. Have you ever noticed that when you got the car totally sold and they're asking you about like, so what do you do? Oh, I like to yeah. dirt bike, right? They're, they've already mentally bought the car. Mm. And there's a switch that happens on a test drive where you say, hey, if you have any questions about the vehicle, I'm right here. They start talking about, what do you think, honey? Da, 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 da. Okay, I like this. And then there's a click that, that they want this car. You've done everything right. And then they start asking you about, so do you got any kids? Right? They start asking you questions. They've mm. already bought the car in their head. Now you just need to make the numbers work. Okay. <clears throat> there's a lot in the steps of sale. We'll, we'll speed this last part up. So when you get back after the demo drive, fall, have them follow you right in. Okay. There's salesmen always have a hard time with after the demo drive, when to come in. There's an awkward thing that happens. Okay. You need to Happened think to me this morning. Yeah. Because the customer knows the next, the next thing that happens is now I got to go in and work the numbers and possibly buy this car. Mm. They don't, they don't like you enough 
where you haven't built enough value, they're not just going to follow you in blindly. They're going to stay outside all of a sudden. They're going to put up a little bit of a wall. If you do everything right up to that point, they'll fall you right in. So what I did is when I had those customers that were a little leery, I would say, hey, I want to show you something. Come on in. And I would show them something in the dealership. Like, hey, this is our super coffee machine. It makes cappuccinos, frappuccinos, slappuccinos. And I would make it funny. Go Mm. and grab a coffee and meet me at my desk. Okay. I got Mm. him inside. You got to get him inside by being creative. Okay. Then you close the deal. Uh, Step eight, get a Google review. Step nine, deliver a a vehicle. Don't just say, here's your keys. Goodbye. Pair up their phones, pair up their navigation to their address. Because they can detect, oh, he made a sale and now he's gone. They're not going to tell you that. My last, my last delivery, it was that case. And unfortunately here, it was a, it was a 760 and that was a $400,000 car over here. And it was a pre-owned, so it was worth half, but it was the most expensive car I sold. I've been hyping it up all week. And then as soon as it came to it, I wasn't feeling it that day. And I I just didn't do any of it. And now it's, yeah, Yeah, I'm trying to come back from it. Hey, I'll come out to you. I want to do the whole thing properly. You know, I'm happy to do all that, but that's yeah hey you know what we make mistakes but a mistake a, a bad week or a bad day doesn't define anything okay mm. a bad month doesn't define a year a bad year doesn't define your career okay but but bad habits and yeah what, that's what's you said other, that one time yeah bad bad habits bad protocol bad bad services will ruin your career so don't worry about mm. the small things if you lose a deal here and there yeah shame on us but it happens. You can't win them all. Otherwise, every salesman would sell 30 cars a month every day, you know? Mm-hmm. And then after you deliver it, find them on Facebook. Always find them on Facebook, friend them, and do follow-up through Facebook. Like their kids' birthday parties. Put a thing on their thing. Happy anniversary. That's how you do follow-up nowadays. You don't go like okay, this. So you're, you're saying Facebook is... Go friend them, right? I'd never thought of it, to be honest. You, you friend them on Facebook, and then you send, hey, happy birthday, bud. Oh, that's an awesome picture. You know, that's how you do follow-up. Because you're their best friend already. It won't be awkward. Okay, I understand. Yeah. This kind of follow-up. Hey, Bill, this is uh, this is Kyle from MacArthur BMW. I'm just checking to see how your car's doing. You know what he's going to say? Oh, man, I've been having problems since I bought it. Right? That's, yeah, that's. <laughs> but if you Facebook him and say, congratulations on your work anniversary, that's awesome. He's not going to say, I've had problems since I bought it. He's going to say, mm. hey, thanks, Kyle. And he's going to remember your name and he's going to refer people to you. So follow up on Facebook. Yeah, okay. call, calling is good too, but you have to friend everybody you meet. And you got to- It feels a bit forced. Well- like you have to follow up. When you call? When you, when you call them. It's horrible. I feel so awkward. Like, oh yeah, I'm good. Okay. Even then, follow up, just normal follow up. You know, how'd you go with, you know, your wife last night? It's just- It's cheesy. And people are so busy nowadays. So if you're going to, if you're going to use your phone, send a text message. Okay. If you're going to make a call, don't ask for referrals. Don't ask for any of that. You call and just ask how they're doing. Hey man, I I saw you driving down the street, just seeing how you're doing, bud. All right. Call me anytime. You know, they'll send you referrals if they like you enough. Just trust me. Follow up on Facebook is one of the best right now. All right. All right. Let's, let's move on. So Let's see. We talked about this. Just remember, always think about the next step while you're in that current step. Okay. okay. So when you're doing a product presentation, the only thing you're the only thing in your mind is the demo drive. Not am I going to sell the guy? Not is he upside down? You well, it's like to- focusing the appointment, right? It's sort of when you're on the phone, focus the appointment. Yes. Not you can't the sell car, a car over the phone. So. So when, yeah. you do, when you're doing the meet and greet, now you're thinking about building rapport and a needs assessment. When you're doing those two things, you're thinking about which car would fit in this guy's category. Mm. And once you find the car and you're doing that killer walk around, all you're thinking about is the things that get him to test drive. He's, you're pushing him through the process without him knowing. Okay. And that whole pushing you can't do by the features because they're just going to think, well, this car down here costs less. I can just go to Kia. But yep. when you're saying things that they can't see, feel, t- you know, straight away, they okay, Google. they're just like, all right, we have to drive it. We have to see what this is about. Yeah. Because it is the better car. Like I say, of it's a different car. It's the better. It's a BMW. It's To me, it's one of the best cars you can buy. How do you express this without selling the car? 
that's where I'm sort of possibly having a bit of trouble. Yeah. Um, okay. And then uh, remember the whole process, have fun and make it enjoyable for them. This mm. is not a serious moment. <clears throat> They've waited five years to buy a car. They want to meet someone that can make it fun for them and mm. make them laugh. Okay. You got to have fun with these people. All right. Uh, you can review that in our video, but let's, yeah, get, no. let's, let's get on. So getting ahead of your, yourself and skipping the steps of the sale. This is not about you. This is about your customer. So you need to give them the experience that they're paying for. Don't worry about you and your sale. Is If you give them their buying experience that they're about to spend $100,000 with you, you need to make the deal about them. Okay. They've waited a long time for this. Make it about them. The sale will come. Okay. Skipping steps feels like you're getting closer to the sale, but you're actually getting farther. Okay. Because you're not, you're not building that value. Just remember this, this thing I do. Okay. If you skip steps and you want to jump ahead, you're not building the value. So all of a sudden I'm at the, I'm at the uh, write up, but I didn't do any of those other things. Oh man, he wants to go see what it's on paper. I didn't even have to test drive him. Well, guess what? You didn't surpass. You got to surpass. So never skip the steps of the sale because first you're cheating the people out of an experience, right? That they've waited all these years for you're cheating them out of that, but you're also not building any value in the car. So you can't skip mm. the steps. You have to do 80, 80% of the work outside, write this one down. It's very important. 80% of the work has to be done outside 20% on the inside. So it takes a hundred percent to buy a car. A car deal is, is worth 100%. Yeah. If you do 50% outside skipping steps, then guess what you have to do on the inside? You have to do another 50%. And it's only going to be, it's only going to be a grind And your chances of losing them in this 50% are bigger than losing them in the beginning 50. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cause what you do inside is mostly price. And then when it comes to price, it's like, well, I can, I genuinely, I can only do so much, but that's where, you know, $20,000, 20% wasn't yeah. done outside. So, Hey, just because a car has $10,000 in profit, that doesn't mean they get to have it. That's what the dealership no. earned. Yeah, that is, yeah that, you're right. That's it. Yeah. And when customers say, well, why can't you do that? I would always say, do, do you like our facility? Do you like coming here? Do you like all the, the, the perks I have for you? Do you like ha us having this kind of inventory? The only way I can do that is if I make money. Otherwise, you put us out of business. So if you well, that's right, we shouldn't be ashamed to make money. And I feel that's one of the first things I learned. Don't be, well, I didn't know how much gross was in a car. Now I do, right? And now it yeah. starts being a little bit different because you know how much money you have to play with. So when you're new, you don't know anything. Um, so, so I understand where you're coming from. My yeah. idea. So 80% so needs to be done outside. So 20% inside. Remember that. The more you True. do outside, if you can do 99% outside, then all you got to do is come inside and get them approved and done. Yeah. Okay. Because there's so much value there. Uh, customers will want to skip the steps of the sale from time to time because they're hiding something. So mm. when a customer wants to, well, let's just get to the write-up, see what my trade's worth. What is he really telling you? Think about it. I'm upside I down. I want an easy way out. No, he's telling no. you he's upside down. Just okay. see, what, see what my trade's worth. I, 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 I like that truck. Just tell me what my trade's worth. He's probably upside down in that vehicle. Mm. Okay. So you have to read between the lines on some of this stuff. And, mm. and when they want to skip the steps of the sale, you have to stop them. And you don't do it by, hey, you, you, we can't just go in and work numbers. We got to test drive it. You have to tell them why you have to test drive it. And what I used to do is tell them, if I go inside and work a deal with my boss and he, he always asks, How'd, you, how'd your guy like the car? Because he genuinely cares if you liked it. And I say he didn't test drive it. He's going to be like, you need to go have him test drive it. Make sure there's nothing on it that he doesn't like. Mm. And, and you got to go back to do I'm just trying to do my job. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Don't and and I think the whole thing of selling the experience less about the car is, is, is a big thing where you sort of, I think, where the whole skipping steps and getting ahead of myself is, all right, here's the car. This is what you're looking for here. Less of you've worked so hard to get here. Not everybody can just come up buy a BMW like, you know, it's $100,000, a lot of money, right? Easy to, to say and understand, but it's harder yeah. to, you know. Make. So yeah. what's the tagline for BMW? From what I read here, M is the most powerful letter in the world. <laughs> the ultimate driving experience, right? 
Okay, yep, yep. Okay, so how you can use this to be your celebrity at the dealership is BMW cars will provide the ultimate driving experience, but I, Irwin, will provide the ultimate buying experience. Let me do my job. Mm. Come on, baby. Mm. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you told me, if you told me that when I was your customer, I'd be like, you know what? Fair enough. Let's go drive this thing. 100%. And then, uh, yeah, you get them there. Okay. How, how, how can you say, you need to write that tagline down. What was Dime, it? Dimes left and right. <laughs> right? BMW vehicles will provide the ultimate driving experience, but Irwin will provide the ultimate buying experience. So let me do my job and, and, and do it the right way because I don't want to cheat you. Just like BMW doesn't want to cheat you in their cars, I don't want to cheat you in your buying experience. Write that down, baby. That was not, yeah. That, that. <laughs> okay. Uh, a couple things, reasons why customers will also want to skip steps. Let's go in and work the numbers. If they don't have a trade, they may have a bad credit situation. Okay. Mm. So no matter what their scenario is, they don't get to dictate the pace of the sale. Okay, no problem. We'll, we'll get in there and do our stuff, but let's find the right vehicle. Let's make sure you like it and build that value, okay? Hmm. Okay, let's see. Um, okay, you were talking about getting cocky, right? Like, hey, I made I made eight grand this month. Forget about it. I don't need to make any hmm. more sales or whatever the, it, it does happen to salesmen, but you have to remember, there are guys out there that are absolute blue whales when it comes to business, okay? Me and you are just little tiny little tiny shrimps floating around. So mm. when, when you get cocky and you're talking, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the best salesman around here. All you're doing is comparing yourself to another little shrimp. Okay. Mm. If you want to get to the two or $300,000 sale, I know salesmen that make more than me. Okay. They're making mm. two to 300,000 a year. Okay. They don't do it by being cocky. They do it by being relentless. So mm. anytime Hey, you're 22. I remember being 22, man. Nothing could touch me. Okay. That's a good thing to have, but you need to channel it into being ferocious, not being cocky, mm. being mm. a business Titan, a sales Titan, not being arrogant, mm. you know, channel it to, I, you don't need to know how much I made last month to, instead of saying, Oh, I made 10 grand take home. Okay. Mm. Make 20 grand and don't say anything. Mm. Okay. So you just got to keep yourself in check when it comes, when it comes to that. Okay. Mm. Bruce Lee has the best quote showing off is a fool's idea of glory. Bruce Lee, man, show that guy was a multimillionaire showing off is a fool's idea of glory. Never show off the most mysterious people that I've met that are the richest are the ones that don't say anything. Okay. You are right. They wear pants that have holes in them. Okay. Those, the guy that's cocky that comes in the Escalade is broke. The guy that comes in the Chevy work truck, he owns a freaking five fortune 500 company. Be careful. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, talking less. Remember you talked about, I need to start talking less with customers. Talking less in general. Uh, that's just something that I, I unfortunately had to wrap my head around. And this whole showing off is a, is a part of talking too much. I don't talk too much, even in steps of the sale. It's not because, well, I've sort of figured out it could possibly be the awkwardness. You know, I'm trying to find this book I once heard. I don't know where I heard it. It's about, you know, there's four seconds before somebody feels the need to say something, and I'm that person. Uh, but I'm so passionate about the car. You know, I've spoken to my GM, and he says, well, look, I'm so passionate about the car. This is why I talk so much, so forgive me. But I feel like I can definitely pull back, and people will start talking, and you want to ask them the right questions to get the answer. But then they start talking and I'm sitting here trying to cut them off like, oh, wait, what you said was good. This is what I think. And yeah, so on and so on. Well, whoever holds the money is the one that has the power. OK, mm. so you don't you don't have the four hundred thousand to buy the car. Your customer does. They want to get their two cents in. OK, and sometimes when they're wrong, don't correct them. The mm. guy's got four hundred G's ready to spend with you. OK, mm. so if the guy says, yeah, I know that paint, that's black black pearl whatever oh no actually that's black metallic da 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 mm. just, just agree with the guy okay mm. he, is he gonna check color codes no, no. let the guy mm. have that one so certain things like when you want to correct them now if the guy says yeah this is all wheel drive but it's actually rear wheel you want to correct them because you don't mm. want to buy the wrong product okay but remember we have two ears and one mouth Okay. So listen, I want you to listen to this one. 
you need to talk less, but talk better. Okay. So you're filling the air with quantity. You need to fill the air with quality. You need to talk better, not talk more. So um, if you want to get the customer to talk more, which they need to, they need to go through this buying process. They need to tell you, they need to, they need to get things off their chest. And if you fill the air with your words, they can't get certain things, objections off their chest. Okay. Um, and that's, that's the biggest probably problem that I have. When I first started, I didn't know anything, right? So all I could do is, hey, this is me. This is what I, I do. And talk, tell me what you want. And maybe because, you know, I'd come out there, hey, I'm the trainee. I got a bit egotistic. So now I don't say that anymore. It works because they're like, okay, he's the trainee, right? What? He's he doesn't honest. talk the numbers. Let's let's just talk, right? And then I'd come inside. I have all this information. Now I'm getting information, but I don't know why I'm asking these questions. I'm asking just for conversation. Do I write it down anywhere? No. What am I using all this for? That's simple question. Hard, hard to figure out, I guess. Okay. So I'm going to say a word and I want you to try not to smile. Okay. Erwin. 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 Mm. Tupkovic. Close enough. But with the M, but yeah, it works. <laughs> Tupkovic, right? So the, yeah. the sweetest word a person can hear is their own name. If you want to pull at their heartstrings, say their name a lot. Okay. Erwin. 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 Mm. Well, I keep messing it yeah. up. But nah, so, it, works, it works. It works. It works. So when you're talking with a customer and you want to get them warm and fuzzy and you want to get information out of them, use their name. It's okay to write their name down on a paper because you got to be able to remember it. Mm. Okay. You don't ever want to ask what's your name again. That's not a professional thing to do. What was your name again? Hey, I'm sorry. What was your name? Dude, I, I've been with you for an hour. And this whole time you've been trying to figure out my name. Not cool. There's okay, even so, times where you're outside doing the thing and then you come inside and hey, what was your name? And yeah. I so, feel it as I'm going on. The, the longer I wait, the worse it gets. I'm like, it's too late to do anything now. Yeah. The only way you can get it now is off the driver's license for a test drive. Yep. Okay. Or, and then yep. sometimes, sometimes you call them by their first name, but they actually go by their middle name. So you screw it up. Okay. So one of the things I always ask my salesman when I'm closing a deal for them, I said, okay, I'm going to go out and close your deal. What are your customers' names? And I have, I hold the paper to my chest. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a uh, bill and uh, Tina. And I look, uh, no, it's wrong, but okay. Um, and no fault of their own. It's a common thing that happens, but you have to say their names a bunch of time because that builds value. You want to talk about selling yourself. That is mm. one of the ways to do it. Call them by the, it's the sweetest word they can hear is, is their mm. name. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see here. Okay. For every, uh, let's see, I got this written down here. Hold on. It's a good one. All right. <laughs> We've had a few good ones so far. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, we did. Okay. Here it is. For one item that you talk about yourself, you need to find out two items about them. Okay. You got one mouth and two ears. Do the, do the math. Uh -huh, the math. Yeah. Okay. So if you say, yeah, I'm from this area. I grew up here. Yeah. I love this area. Da, 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 da. You need to find out two things from that guy or that couple. Okay. It's a one to two ratio. So if you want to get better at selling yourself, it, selling yourself is not just blurting out everything about you. Selling yourself is being genuine and listening and finding out about them and making a friend. And you and do that. Ground. Yes, you do that a two to one ratio. Okay. And you got to find something in common with them fast. Okay. Fast. Mm -hmm. And the way you do that is if they pull up in a, uh, a, a truck and it's got stickers that say KTM, that's a dirt bike sticker. If it says Harley Davidson, that's our motorcycle sticker. If it says whatever, a skate sticker or something you need to find a common ground right away to build off of don't let don't start trying to find common grounds deep into the deal if you want mm. to sell yourself you need to find something common quickly and you can do that by finding out what kind of watch they have if they have a particular brand of glasses um, if they got a fresh tattoo you need to find something right away because the more you find out about them that two to one ratio and um, you can build value in yourself 
the more likely they're going to buy a car because if a Girl Scout cookie comes, a Girl Scout, you know, salesman comes to your door, she's a little 12 year old blonde girl and her mom's on the street and she's selling cookies. How hard is it to say no to them? Yeah. 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 It's instant love, right? Mm. So for you to have that kind of love with the, with the customer, you have to do a little bit more than the Girl Scout because the Girl Scout, you just look at them and it's done. Years closed. Mm. But a, but a salesman like you have to have to build that 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 love that the customer loves you so much that they cannot say no. It's the guilt thing. Remember the guilt close. They they can't say no to you. That you're like family now. You guys went. And to this is family. where yeah, Go when ahead. you're new and you use this thing, you know, I'm the trainee. I'm the trainee. I've been here for a little while. I'm new. I'm new, right? Oh, this guy's new. You know, like you said. Oh shit, honey, we're buying a car. Guess what, right? Oh well, look, we're buying a car. Well, look. Here's the training, you know, it just, it works. It softens everything up. Yeah. Um, I think my ego is just a little bit too big and I, I want to go past that. But even there's a new trainee that just started and she's second month in selling just as many cars as I am. And the same way the other guys used to laugh at me for taking too many test drives, talking to everybody, a hundred people a day. I kind of catch myself doing that now and sort of judging things that she does. Yeah. But it's like, you got too smart. And this is where we are. This okay. is this is where I am. So check this out. I have this written down. This is you, you, you're a good salesman already. I can tell you have mm. good, clear thoughts. I, I put on here. Tell them you are new in the car business for the first five years. It's right here. <laughs> because think about it. There's a guy at your dealership that's been there 20 plus years, right? Yeah. OK, maybe 30 years. You are still the new guy. You've only been mm. there five years or one year. Mm. So you're going to use that until you've been there about five years. Then it doesn't work anymore because you're not being genuine. Mm. But if, if they say, well, you've been here three years. Yeah, but that guy's been here 30. I'm still the new guy. I'm still learning. Mm. I, I don't know everything about the car business. So I'm still learning. So you need to still use that. Maybe not I'm the trainee, but mm. now you can use, hey, I'm the new guy. I just finished my trainee program. And I hope I do a great job for you. Their walls mm. go like this. <laughs> Crumble. How yeah. the heck are they going to beat you up? You just got out of your mm. trainee program. And I'm trying to sell my first car as a, as a salesman. So thank mm. you guys for coming in. My name's Erwin. Uh, and uh, I, I, how can I help you? And get back to right. that eager, eager trying to prove yourself. The cocky thing doesn't work. I've seen it. I've tried it. Haven't the- I've tried it. I've lost it. I've had people complain and go to my colleague. Hey, I'd rather deal with you. And I'm just trying some, some smart tactics, right? It's yeah. I've had, I've had a few bad experiences, but you learn. Yeah. Remember there, most customers are, are extremely smart. Okay. We're not the smartest people on the planet. Car salesmen aren't the smartest. I have trouble mm-hmm. spelling some of the basic, most basic words. Okay. We're not the smartest people. We are the best salesmen on the planet, but when you meet people, they can see, they can pick up certain cues on you that are, that are cheesy or cocky or robot. And so they want to deal with the guy that is missing a tooth. That guy, I want to deal with that guy. He's just a normal guy that I saw at a barbecue last week they, that his shoes untied. Why is it that guy that can sell a bunch of cars and the guy that looks like a GQ model is struggling, mm. right? You Wouldn't you think it's the other way around? Mm-hmm. It's because the guy that has the missing tooth and the, and the untied shoes is personable and genuine and doesn't try to act like more than he is, okay? The big jewelry or, or whatever. Hey, I got mm. this and I got 10 grand in this account. I, I'm doing crypto stocks and no, I got NFTs over here. That doesn't work. The, what works mm. is, yeah, I was barbecuing with my family this weekend uh, and uh, we made this little steak and I burnt it a little bit. That works. Okay. So you got to throw that cocky stuff out of, out of the, out of the window and go back to, I'm a new guy. I'm doing my very best yeah. for my customers. And I hope you can see the value in me during this process. Cause that will build more value. Uh, be genuine, be humble and be thankful, be thankful for that dealership for giving you a chance. Okay. Mm. We, we owe them our paychecks. Yeah, we earn it, but without the dealership, I got nothing. I'm, I'm jobless without the dealership. So 100%. when I see trash on the parking lot, I pick it up. Mm. When I see a car that's unlocked and it shouldn't be, I lock it. These are little things that you're, you're giving back to your dealership to be more successful. And remember the owner is always watching. So you have to make sure to do these things because someone's always watching you, whether you think so or not, they see you. So you mm. got to do the right things. Be, be genuine. Um, 
show them around your dealership. If you want to build value in your dealership and introduce them to people that they'll probably meet after the sale. Okay. Parts manager, service service manager, the GM, maybe even the owner, if he's there and he's personable. Um, But you say, Hey, it's not just about me and the car sale. It's about how you get taken care of after. And I just want you to meet a few key players here before we sit down and do numbers. Then they feel like they kind of bought it. There's all these people involved now. How are they going to say no to that? Mm. That's, that's how they build, how you can build value in the dealership too. You don't want to introduce them to the account, accounting lady or HR, mm. you know, the, the lady. We're all on the same floor here. And we're, we're all sort of right next to each other. So it works. You know, I understand what you know. Yeah, because yeah, if you There's want always to, someone floating around that you can just like, oh, hey, look, grab bang. Oh, yeah. Let me grab you real quick. Yep. And, and if they're a good manager or a good owner or a good manager of service or parts, they're going to know what you're doing. If they're if they're weak and amateurish, they're going to they're going to be like, what, what how, what's going on? What can I help you with? Like they're not going to be able to read the scenario. So detect those managers. What after, mm-hmm. after we do this and you go introduce people, detect what I just said in those managers, the weak ones mm-hmm. from the powerful ones. And the powerful ones are the ones you want on your side. The weak ones, they'll come and go. Um, not that we want to disrespect them, but you'll know not to bring a customer to that guy again. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they can't even detect what you're doing. So, yeah, uh, but you can, you know what you're doing. So just, uh, oh, I understand. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else do I got? Uh, do you have anything that you can put on the car? after they buy it, like a, like a sticker that is custom made yet? No, we just have the license plate covers that, that say the dealership. Um, some dealerships have a sticker that goes in the back window, uh, but no, nothing too personal like that. I spoke about it the other day, to be honest. Um, it just kind of seems a little bit, little bit tacky, but I don't know. I haven't, like I said, until you try it, it's. Yeah. So remember the license plate frame promotes who? The dealership. Okay, so you need something in that car, like the guy that made the the uh, air fresheners, or or the mm. salesman that puts a little sticker on each back window that says, um, you know, his promotion. He doesn't have his phone number on there. He just has his like email or something basic. But you got to have something that can promote yourself beyond just the dealership's help. The dealership the is ultimate. Really- uh- the ultimate buying experience. They, they, that's, a, that's a good one. That is your tagline. So now you need to make a cool looking sticker. They're mm. cheap out there and you need to put them on every car you sell on the back window or maybe not on the paint, but somewhere where they, if they do want to remove it, it doesn't destroy something. Mm. And I guarantee if the logo looks cool enough, they're going to leave it on there. You know, on Mercedes, there's that little signature sticker on the front yep. windshield. No one yep. takes that off. Nope. It's like a prideful thing. So you need to make something that can be like that. Okay. Um, I promise you it'll help. It'll help promote yourself. And then you can detect your sold customers out in public. Hey, what's up, Bill? Hey, how are you enjoying your car? Oh, how'd you know it was me? My sticker, right? So then you can detect, I sold that car. I sold that car. I sold that car. You got to be the celebrity at your dealership. And guess what's going to happen when you start rising up to that celebrity status? People are going to start hating and making fun of you. So you have to be ready for that. Here's the saying. Okay. Love me or hate me, mm. add me or block me. But the one thing you're not going to do is stop me. Stop me. Okay. <laughs> Dimes left and right. I, I, uh, Come on, man. The, the, yeah. pers- the person I'm looking at right now is an absolute beast. You just need mm. to be fine tuned. You're personable. You're not afraid of the camera. You have a great look. You're dressed nice. You, you meet all the criterias of a guy that's professional that I would mm-hmm. want to buy a car from. I'd want to come to you and, and buy a car. You just need to get more known out there, celebrity status, and you need to do what we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you're, you're a good you're, man. Yeah. You're a good man. That's you're, yeah. You're going to be on your way. Um, that's pretty much hit an hour. What do you have any questions or anything? Hey, I'm, I'm good. I just need to re-listen to this. So if you can send me this over or tell me where I can find it up. I'll send you the link. Some things that I need to just sit there and like, you know, with the earlier podcast, I'd sit there all day at my desk, one earphone in, and I'd just be doing my thing. But in the background, I'm always listening. And then by the end of it, the end of the day, well, I can recite half of it. Yeah. You know, even though I'm half conscious, half not, but I always pick up throughout the day. Now I understand. Yeah, you'll pick Um, up little things. It's just repetition. And remember, practice makes perfect. It's all about, think about the basketball game, okay? mm. Uh, Early in my career, 
my wife would listen to me do walkarounds when these competitions would come up and I'd be doing it on our kitchen table, our dining room table. And I, my wife would listen for hours till I perfected it. And, and, and she's a good woman for me. Right. So she supported me throughout the process, but I, it took hours of practice outside the dealership. So a quick one while we're on that sort of walk around, if you were to go outside and practice by yourself, how do you get it going? Do you just start, like, do you have sort of criteria that you would start on or? Yeah. So I would be talking in my head. Okay. I wouldn't be like, bah, 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 but look like the crazy guy out there. Yeah. But I would, I would do a walk around. Like I had a real customer, the, the car lot's dead. These guys are playing flappy bird inside and right. Or angry birds, whatever the heck was out at the time. And I would be outside walking around. Now I'm guilty of playing some games at work, but I grew out of that. Um, mm. I'm not perfect, but I would do that walk around with nobody out there. And it was all in my head. What things can I say to this customer to be so compelling that they, they hand over $28,000 today? What, what could I say? Right. What, what mm. tone can I use? Right. So you, do you hear the passion out of my voice? Mm. That's the passion I use on the lot not demanding or, or a bully or, or whatever, just I'm very passionate about like the car business and I have a family to support and I'm doing everything I can for them, but I'm also doing it for you as a customer, because guess what? You have the money. Mm. <laughs> you don't release the money until you say, I like this guy. I like this yeah. car and I like this dealership. I would say stuff mm. like that. And then I would tell them, just let me finish my little walk around thing. We'll go on a test drive. We'll work the numbers. And if you like all that stuff, you can buy the car. If not, hey, at least I gave it my all. If how you like I... it, you like it. If you don't, well, at least I've done my job, Brian. It's, yeah. It's... How can someone say no to that? They, it's hard for people to say no to that because you're being so genuine and you're not mm-hmm. being cocky. Like, well, if you want to drive it, it I, I mean, we can. Like, you, know, you can't talk like that. You got to be passionate about it and you got to get them to love you, but love the car itself. And it, it'll always work out. And if it doesn't, you know that there's value in a customer that doesn't buy a car. Did you know that there is a commission? Yes, I've, I've heard it. I've heard it. I've heard it. But, okay. Do yeah. you know what the commission is? The experience? Yes. Okay. So the guy that, the guy that sits at the desk while you go out and, and take this up and fail, right? Yeah. Who got better that day? The guy who took the experience. Took yeah. That. So there's yeah. a value there because the next guy you get that has that similar story, you know how to get over it now. The guy at the desk that said, I told you he wasn't buying. He didn't learn nothing. Yeah. He didn't gain the experience. Yeah. So now when he finally yeah. does take it up, he doesn't know how to overcome that. But you're, you know, those video games you build up, oh, I'm level two, I'm level three, I'm level four. Mm. This guy's not fighting any monsters. So he's not leveling up. If you want to get to the very top, you got to level up every day and there's value in a customer that doesn't buy. That should be my next podcast episode. That's a big one. That's a, that's a big one. We we learned a bit today. Hey, honestly, (laughs) this was, this was a good stuff. So I, I appreciate your time, honestly. Absolutely. My friend. Um, so I I see everybody walking past sort of eyeing me out. What am I doing? I said, I've got some training on because being a beautiful lot of training. And if you guys walked in here and he's American accent, they're like, what the, they're looking at me, what the hell is this? Yeah. Um, hey, it's been I look, like, like I said, I, I've sort of been in a weird spot. I just feel like I've been lingering around and walking around and not doing much. So I was like, you know what? Regardless, I know what I want. I know my plan. I know my goal. And that's, and it's to sell cars, right? Sell a car a day and you'll be sweet. Yep. But like I said, it's, yeah. What's your job title? Uh, sales consultant is on my card. Your car salesman. Trainee. I say I'm. I'd, li- I'd like to say I'm the sales professional. I did change my email tag, and it says sales uh, associate. <laughs> I was thinking about it this morning. I'm like, if I'm already thinking that I'm not a professional, then there's an issue straight away. But hey, but at the root of it, you're a car salesman, and your only task every day is not to flirt with the cute girl at the desk is not to go eat lunch at this place for a long time, not to disappear off the lot, not to play games in the back not to disappear. Your job is to sell a car. Remember your task every day. I need to go to work and sell a car. That is it. That's your whole job title. It's not car salesman slash flirt slash eat slash sleep slash disappear. It's it's car salesman. So Mm. being a professional is knowing that I'm here for one task. If you guys are in my way, move. Remember, love me, hate me, add me, block me. 
but you're not going to stop me, man. I'm going 100%. to the top. You're going to the top. Why don't we win? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm gonna, I hear. Now, the next thing for your success for this month is accountability. Okay. Mm. So what day is it today? The second? The third, yeah. Be hit the third. Oh, it's the third. Okay. How many cars are you at right now? Zero. I okay. installed a car yet. Listen to me. So by the 10th, I want you to message me on Instagram that I'm at four cars. Mm. And on the 20th, I want you to message me that you're at eight cars. Four by the 10th, four more by the 20th, so eight total. And then you're going to finish the month at 14. You're going to have to do six cars in that last 10 days or last 11, whatever this month ends on, okay? Accountability is key. Your goal is like a baby. You got to nurture it. You got to take care of your goal. You got to be accountable to your goal. It's not just a goal and say, all right, 14, boss. No, you got you to gotta, uh, report to it every day. But in this this month, you're going to report to me. Okay, are we good? All right, all right, here. On the 10th, I want you to message me how many cars you're at. Okay, and we'll get you on track, and you're going to have a great month. You're a good man. You're a good man. I'll keep in touch. You know it, my I'll friend. Keep in touch. You're a good right. man. Honestly, I'll be happy to do this again. Um, hopefully, your schedule doesn't get too busy because I feel like people are going to enjoy this. So. I appreciate all your help and being. You're actually my first uh, guy that hired me for this, so I appreciate no it, way. buddy. Yep, first no guy. Way. Appreciate no it. way. I, I don't know. I just I listen to it in the morning, afternoon when I'm going to sleep. Like I said, it's a bit of a tough time at the moment outside, and I feel like I'm bringing it here, and I feel like I've just had enough. You know, this isn't like this is not what I've been doing for the past six months, and like I said, maybe I just needed a word that's not from the dealership because everybody has their five cents, and it's a bit. Uh, yeah. But. Like I said, if there's somebody that'll listen to you day in and day out, it's it's my guy Kyle. So uh, look, right. I appreciate it. I got you, man. We'll talk later. Okay, or we'll follow thanks for, up. Thanks for doing this. No worries, my friend. Have a good one. I'll speak to you shortly. All right, bud. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you.